thank you for this evening and we thank you for the opportunity to come and worship you alone are, are worthy of our praise and of our devotion and of our lives. We honor you, Lord Jesus, for all that you have done for us. We thank you for our brothers and sisters who take the time and bring us and, and join us and lead us as we come before the throne of grace through the blood of Jesus. How good it is and how sweet it is to hear and to join in in singing praise to your name. May we have a song in our heart every day, regardless of what we face. We pray tonight, Lord, for all of the activities that go on across the campus and all the things you're doing. Thank you for all of our teachers who are teaching tonight the Word of God and our children as they are learning and our students and the choirs they meet and all of our ministries. Thank you for the, the joy that we hear in the hallways and the the blessing it is to see you at work among us. We don't uh, take that lightly. We thank you for your hand of mercy and grace toward our church. We ask that you'd be pleased with what we seek to do here and show us your will and show us your way. Heavenly Father, we present to you again tonight the helpless ones, these foster children, uh, even this week, others, um, workers had to go in to homes and remove children from their family. They do not understand you are the one who, you are the just one and you care and you provide for the helpless ones and the fatherless. We thank you for that. May we join in that work as a church and may you call out our people to do so many different things we can do uh, about foster care. We pray for Brother McCoy as he comes to talk about the Baptist Children's Home. Thank you for the, the many foster children that are there and have a safe place and a wonderful place to, to be so that they might learn about Jesus and walk with God. So Lord, tonight we ask that you would open our minds to the truth of your word that we might learn again the importance of living in righteousness a righteousness that you have given us in Christ and now you, you, you by the Holy Spirit develop in us uh, Christ's likeness as the Holy Spirit works on us and works in us. May tonight we gain insight into your word and may it help us understand what you're doing in our lives uh, even this day. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, good evening. Good to see all of you. If you did not pick up an outline, I'd encourage you to do that. Those of you online who join us, and I know you do, we hear from you, and we're uh, grateful that you've joined us wherever that might be. Some not even in Tennessee, and so may the Lord bless you. We're honored to have you joining us on Wednesday night uh, here at First Baptist Church Dixon. We're in this section of learning uh, the Word of God in Proverbs about living wisely. And so tonight uh, we'll, we'll look at a very important truth. God's wisdom teaches that righteousness has deep roots. God's wisdom teaches that righteousness has deep roots. That's the focus of uh, what I'll be talking about tonight. So let's read it together and so that we might pick this up. <clears throat> and I'll point out several verses to you, uh, two very important verses. <clears throat> That'll be our focus tonight. But we'll read, let's hear the word of God. Whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but he who hates reproof is stupid. 
A man will obtain favor from the Lord. A good man will obtain favor from the Lord. But he will condemn a man who devises evil. A man will not be established by wickedness. Please note this is the first point we'll look at in detail. But the root of the righteous will not be moved. Notice the root of the righteous will not be moved. An excellent wife is the crown of her husband. But she who shames him is like rottenness in his bones. The thoughts of the righteous are just, but the counsels of the wicked are deceitful. The words of the wicked lie in wait for blood, but the mouth of the upright will deliver them. The wicked are overthrown and are no more, but the house of the righteous will stand. A man will be praised according to his insight. But one of perverse mind will be despised. Better is he who is lightly esteemed and has a servant than he who honors himself and lacks bread. A righteous man has regard for the life of his animal. But even the compassion of the wicked is cruel. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread. But he who pursues worthless things lacks sense. The wicked man desires the booty of evil men, but, and here's our uh, next phrase, uh, but the root of the righteous yields fruit. The root of the righteous yields fruit. An evil man is ensnared by the transgression of his lips, but the righteous will escape from trouble. A man will be satisfied with good by the fruit of his words, and the deeds of a man's hands will return to him. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man is he who listens to counsel. A fool's anger is known at once, but a prudent man conceals dishonor. He who speaks truth tells what is right, but a false witness deceit. There is one who speaks rashly, like the thrusts of a sword, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Truthful lips will be established forever, but a lying tongue is only for a moment. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. No harm befalls the righteous, but the wicked are filled with trouble." Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but those who deal faithfully are his delight. A prudent man conceals knowledge, but the heart of fools proclaims folly. The hand of the diligent will rule, but the slack hand will be put to forced labor. Anxiety in a man's heart weighs it down, but a good word makes it glad. The righteous is a guide to his neighbor. But the way of the wicked leads them astray. A lazy man does not roast his prey, but the precious possession of a man is diligence. In the way of righteousness is life, and in its pathway there is no death. Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. May the Holy Spirit be our teacher in Jesus' name. Amen. So I pick you back up now two verses that we'll focus on tonight. Again, my focus is this. God's wisdom teaches us that righteousness has deep roots. 
And so we see in verse number three, notice it begins with the statement about wickedness and ends with the statement about righteousness, the comparison. A man will not, will not be established by wickedness. This is a fact. This is a truth. This is a divine truth. This is wisdom. Regardless of what the world promotes, a man will not be established by wickedness, but the root of righteousness will not be moved. And then we read again in verse 12, the same comparison, first the wicked, then the righteous. Verse 12, the wicked man desires the booty of evil men, but the root of righteousness yields fruit. I had the privilege of working in my first church and I'm so thankful for him. And Pat and I think of him often and, and we, uh, we're so grateful. So now, Pat, you know, here I am, Harvey's age, putting up with an 18-year-old kid who was his youth minister. My, he was daring. He was a lot braver than me. I don't know if I could go with an 18-year-old knowing what I know now. Brother Harvey, Brother Harvey had a lot of good sayings for me as he, he trained me in what it meant to be a pastor. He was a real pastor. I mean, a real one, real deal. It was a long time ago. If you do the math, I'm 66 and I was 18 when I was there, so you math people can figure it out. So Brother Harvey took me along. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I knew God had called me, so Brother Harvey picks me up and takes me along. And he said a lot of different things, had a lot of different little sayings. He would say to me all the time, Pastor Mike, he'd call me that, Pastor Mike. Pastor Mike, how about putting a little bit of tissue with your sandpaper? That was one thing he would say to me a lot. He would say, Pastor Mike, and this is when we were driving. Remember, there were no cell phones. There was no internet. You, you had to stop your car and find a phone to make a call. Do you all know what I'm talking about? Some of you in here do. Yeah, that's the way you did it. We'd be driving to the hospitals in Oklahoma City. And he says to me one day, Pastor Mike, you have to stand so straight you lean the other way. Okay. And here I am still thinking about that saying. But then the one tonight that goes with what we're thinking about is this. One day again, I don't know where we were, but I've never forgotten it. He said, Pastor Mike, there is a direct correlation between the roots in the ground and the fruit on the tree. There is a direct correlation between the roots in the ground. You're not going to see them. You don't see them. But what you don't see is directly connected to what you see. So we've been talking these days in the Lord's everyday stories. He's been, he's been talking about soils. We've heard about soils, seeds. And of course, last week I was disappointed. I didn't have my full 
time to talk about manure. But the Lord talked about manure. So I want to talk to you for a moment before we go into these texts and talk to you about spiritual cultivation. The root of righteousness. The root. It's a certain kind of root. The root of righteousness is seen here in two ways. The root of righteousness will not be moved. And then secondly, the root of righteousness yields fruit. We've had some storms and even some trees that seem to have deep roots, they still weren't deep enough. They were moved. But here we have this great promise. The righteous, the root of the righteous, the root of the righteous. Notice, this is quite important. The root of the righteous, the righteous person's roots provide not being moved. So when we were looking at the Lord's stories, I'm going to take you there for a moment because these, these things connect to what we're talking about. And I'll just read quickly these uh, words to you. You know them from the parable, the story, the, the everyday story of the sower. What did the Lord say in Luke 8:13? He was talking about roots and soil in one particular hearer. Now look, this is, not, this is not a philosophy lesson in here tonight. I'm not in here to give you ideas and thoughts and concepts. I'm challenging you to ask you this question. Are you this kind of a hearer right now in your life, spiritually? Is this true, what I'm about to read, of you? And we read Luke 8, when he's explaining the story. Luke 8, 13. Those on the rocky soil are those who when they hear receive the word with joy and these have no firm root they believe for a while and in time of temptation fall away and then we come to Luke 13 where we were Sunday and again, let me read this story to you, Luke 13. A man had a fig tree which had been planted in his vineyard, and he came looking for fruit on it and did not find any. And he said to the vineyard keeper, Behold, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this tree without finding any. Cut it down. Why does it even use up the ground? And he answered and said to him, let it alone, sir, for this year too, until I dig around it and put manure on it. And if it bears fruit next year, fine. But if not, cut it down. So in order to repair an unfruitful tree, the, the, the vineyard keeper digs in the roots. He cultivates and digs in the roots. The Lord Jesus said it this way. I am the true vine and my father is the gardener, the vine dresser. God the Father cultivates us through the work of the Holy Spirit. 
I went out and read some things from Tennessee agriculture today. What produces root growth? R-O-O-T, root growth. Good tilled soil, proper amount of water, air, nutrients from, I'm quoting now, manure is the best source, phosphorus and potassium. Nutrients, water, air, and food. Water, air, and food. So when we see a tree and it's not what it ought to be, or a plant and it's not what it ought to be, immediately we say we must think about the roots. When we see a life not bearing fruit, not bearing spiritual fruit, we must look at the roots. What no one sees. So tonight we consider spiritual cultivation that provides for us the root of righteousness. I love that this is here, the root of righteousness. This is the way it's described because roots are so important. They were so well understood. Some of you, I love living plants and, and we work with them and you know, you have to learn how each plant is and, and some plants you can overwater and you know, you, you, most of us worry we're giving them too much water. We do most of the, not enough water, we give them too much. You have to learn, you have to learn to read the condition of the, of the leaves. And uh, there's a lot you do, but it all, you do, what you do in the dirt, what you do in the dirt affects the fruitfulness of the plant or of the tree. This becomes critically important. So God is cultivating you. Look, I'm talking to all of you as my brothers and sisters. We're all in cultivation. We're all under cultivation. This is what you want as a believer. What produces the root of righteousness? What provides the root of righteousness with growth? The cultivating work of God. The vine dresser who cultivates us by providing for us the Holy Spirit, the cultivator. See, that's what he's doing. He's digging in you. Let me dig in the soil. Let me dig around it, it says, the story says. You see, that's what the Lord's doing in your life. He's digging around you. He's digging, he's digging deep inside what nobody else sees in you. He's digging in there. He's providing adequate space for the roots. You know, that's the other thing that the article says from Tennessee Agriculture. You got, the roots have to have adequate room. They're all root bound. They can't do, they, you've got to have adequate room. So you've got to get in there and you've got to separate and spread out the roots. <clears throat> and then provide the proper nutrients, the Word of God. And then the digging process, we join in by spiritual practices. You participate with God the Holy Spirit in cultivating your heart and your mind, which has to do with your spiritual rootedness. The condition of your roots, the root of righteousness, keeps you from being moved, and the root of righteousness provides yield. Some 30, some, some 60, some hundredfold. Wasn't that the other soil? Good tilled soil, 
with the roots being properly tilled and nutrients applied, some, some produces 30, 60, 100. One year it might be 30. One year it might be, you may, one year your fruitfulness is just unbelievable and the next year not so much, but there's still fruit. And for all of us who are in this room who are old, we flourish when our root of righteousness is strong and we are living and allowing the Lord to cultivate us and the root of righteousness is not moved. As we see here, we will flourish even in our old age. You don't stop growing spiritually when you get past 60. So now we think about cultivation for a while. The root of righteousness will not be moved. I've given you, I've given you some multiple readings. We, I introduced to you last week the Targums, the Aramaic paraphrase. Ancient Targums, it reads, but the root of the righteous will not be shaken. And then you have the, the Greek translation, the Septuagint, but the roots of the righteous, it's plural, shall not be taken up shall not be taken up, shall not be shaken. The idea is you don't uproot the root of righteousness. The root of righteousness is not uprooted. <clears throat> we don't like weeds, we uproot them. We don't, we, we, when a tree finally is not producing, you cut it down and you take it out of the ground. As the vineyard owner said, this is taking up space in my vineyard. Get this Get this unfruitful tree out of here. You pull it up, get the roots out. So <clears throat> root, the actual word root is a word that actually describes firmness or permanence. The root of righteousness is the firmness of righteousness in relationship to God. We receive and we are, we, the seed of the word of God grows uh, roots of righteousness, and they are in Christ, if we follow the analogy. You're not moved because Romans 5, uh, 4, 5, but to the one who does not work, but believes in him who justifies the ungodly, his faith, faith is credited as righteousness. This is, this is how the root of righteousness grows deep. Root or roots, however you want to describe it. The root of righteousness is the firmness of the righteous, of righteous living for God's glory in all of our circumstances. I gave you some illustrations here. Colossians 2.5, I rejoice to see your good order and the firmness of your faith in Christ. Paul was saying that to the Colossian church. Psalm 16.8, I have set the Lord continually before me because he is at my right hand and I will not be shaken. There's, an act, there's, an, there's the point of meeting with God and worship. How do I maintain, how do I keep from being shaken? I meet God. I meet God. I pray. I spend time with Him. Proverbs 10.30, the righteous will never be shaken. These are promises for us. Uh, Psalm 46, 2 and 3, therefore we will not fear though the earth should change and the mountains slip into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains quake at its swelling, we will not fear. We will not fear, says the righteous. So there is this, when the root of righteousness takes root, as we would call it, you don't move it. This is so beautiful. The root of the righteous will not be moved. 
There's security here. There's rootedness going down deep in the ground. What have some said who study these things that some of these large trees, the root system below the ground is as deep as the tree is tall. Roots. We have to think about roots, the root of righteousness. The root of righteousness. And then the root of the righteous. First, the root of the righteous will not be moved. And then 12, the the root of the righteous yields fruit. There is a direct correlation between the roots in the ground and the fruit on the tree, Brother Harvey. So the Greek translation says, but the roots of the godly are firmly set. These these aren't shallow, uh, as the Lord said about the rocky soil. Rocky soil, is your heart rocky tonight? Is your soil well tilled? How do you keep your soul well tilled? Repentance, the Holy Spirit of God, the Word of God, and spiritual practices. You got to get out and do your part to keep your heart soft and tender before God. The world will make your heart hard. The world will make your heart hard. What you listen to affects what's on the inside of you. What you listen to, what you allow into your eyes and into your mind and into your ears, what you read and who you associate with and who you listen to affects your heart. So we see here the righteous is like like a tree having deep roots that yield fruit all their life. This is a beautiful picture. And the the fruit remains even in harsh times. This is how the entire book of Psalms, you know that we've talked about this, Psalm 1 and 2 are a summary of the entire book of Psalms. Psalm 1 and 2. And we don't get very far into the book. Blessed is the one, and we skip all the things that you're not to do, walking, sitting, and standing with wicked people. And we come to this, blessed is the one whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night, that person is like a tree planted by the streams of water. Can you see it? Can you see it? We have plenty of trees here around the water. Trees, I I go through Montgomery Bell Park. What a blessed place that is. All the water there, all those trees like a tree planted by the water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do prospers. Us being compared to a tree, us being compared as the Lord does to a vine, to, to a branch on the vine, as He is that one who gives us. So the righteous through prayer and meditation, that is through spiritual practices, We develop deep roots. This is cultivation. We have our part in spiritual cultivation and God does His part. He is the gardener. He is the vine dresser. The Lord is going to do His work and He's going to take... So what did Pat do to the roses this year? To cut them all back. Harsh. Cut them down. It was pitiful. Those things looked horrible, but now, wait a minute. Here comes the rose out. 
It's coming out. You cut it back. It seems brutal what you do to a, to a tree in order for it to grow. You cut it back. You deal with the soil. You get in there and stir it around. You don't let it sit and settle. Are you settled and sitting? Are you allowing the Word of God, the Holy Spirit, repentance, and the practices of the spiritual life to stir up your soil so that you produce spiritual fruit? Well, that's why you may be unfruitful. You're not doing your part. You're not doing what you need to do. The righteous through the Holy Spirit, convicting and teaching, work produ produces fruit. And that's why I gave you again this passage. I want to quote to you from a, a man who's been a real influence in my life as a young believer. <clears throat> His name is Miles Stanford. He wrote a little booklet called The Green Letters. I would recommend it to you. It's a, it's a very short book. It's not very long. This was a layman who came to know the Lord and developed a ministry that was worldwide and, and he's in heaven now, but I like what he said here. Because he is the great husbandman, the beginning of God's cultivation of the hungry-hearted believer is downward. What does God first do? He gets inside of you and me. It's on the inside. It's downward. Patiently, persistently, and painfully, our Father digs down into the recesses of self, more and more fully revealing to us just what we are and are not in ourselves. He, uh, his reason for this preparation is twofold. That the, what's the point of cultivation? Number one, that the Lord Jesus might be free to manifest Himself in us and through us for the sake of others, growing and sharing. Now, this is a great statement. We must be cultivated before we cultivate others. Some of you would like to cultivate somebody else. <laughs> you can't cultivate others until you've been cultivated. And oh, by the way, the cultivation never stops. Some of you who are old in here, you think you've graduated from. No. No. Your spiritual soil is in one kind of four conditions, as the Lord laid them out in the parable of the sower. You must determine what it is. I would say also that uh, <clears throat> the um, troubles and storms of life help cultivate our soil also. The righteous through abiding in Christ bear lasting fruit. What did our Lord say in John 15? It's very familiar. I'm the vine, true vine. My father's the gardener. He cuts off every branch of me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes it <clears throat> so that it might be more fruitful. That's what he's doing in our lives. Abide in me and I in you. The branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. So neither can you unless you abide in me. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. The roots provide the fruit. This is what we're seeing here. But the root of the righteous yields fruit. This is the, this is the normal. What did the Lord say? A good tree bears good fruit. A bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree does not bear bad fruit, and a bad tree does not bear good fruit. 
you shall know them by their fruits. Then you read in Hebrews 12, 11, all discipline for the moment. This is God's discipline, the Father's discipline, discipline, the discipline of God, the cultivation He's doing inside of us. All discipline for the moment seems not to be joyful, but sorrowful. Yet to those who have been trained by discipline, afterwards it yields, look at this, the peaceful fruit of righteousness. So the righteous fruit, righteous. The righteous fruitfulness, uh, the fruitfulness of righteousness is revealed, first of all, we see the fruit in the presence of the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is another description of Christ's likeness. Love, joy, peace, patience. Andrew Murray, the old writer, the old preacher said, when you look at the branch, you see at once the likeness to the vine. The branch, you know, of the apple tree is on a vine or the trunk of an apple tree. When you look at the branch, you see at once the likeness to the vine. The actions of good works in the name of Jesus, that's fruitfulness. And also bringing along new disciples and people being saved and baptized and those that you lead to Christ, that's the making of new disciples in accomplishing the Great Commission. Rooted and grounded in love, Paul says. So as we finish tonight, I'd like for you to take your Bible, go to Ephesians chapter number 3. And I want us to take just a moment to look at this great portion of Paul's uh, second prayer for the, the church at Ephesus. <clears throat> and I want you to see it. This is my prayer for you as your pastor tonight. And you can have it to pray for me. Let's go to Ephesians 3 and then we begin reading in verse... Number 14, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with power through his spirit in the inner man. So that, now let's look at the linkage. First, he prays, that they would be strengthened with power through the Holy Spirit in the inner person. You, who you are inside. Mind, will, emotions, passions, desires, your inner man. So that Christ may dwell in your heart. Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And that you being rooted and grounded in love, being rooted. This is what's happening. You're being rooted. I'm being rooted. We're being rooted and grounded. This is what we need. We have to understand roots produce fruits. Roots produce fruits. Where does the fruitfulness come from? Because of the root of righteousness. Being rooted. Being rooted. What is the old thing I was reading there? So when storms and winds come and all the rest, this is the genius of God in creation. The genius of God in creation. How else can I say? It's the glory and only what God can create. When the trees move and they are in the breeze and the wind and the elements, especially in the breeze, it does cause spacing and room for the roots to grow. 
being rooted. The tree, even as it's planted in the ground and is exposed to the elements, even the storms, it's being rooted. You're being rooted. This is the root of righteousness, that he would, you're being rooted and grounded. And wait a minute, what is it we're being rooted and grounded in? Love. And then he goes on. We're rooted and grounded in love, and then he prays. And to know that you may be able to comprehend with all the saints, being rooted and grounded in love, you may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is breadth, length, height, depth. Four dimensions. Four dimensions. Breadth, length, height, depth. And to know the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge. To know the love of Christ, but yet it's beyond knowledge. But you can know it. You can know what's beyond knowledge. The love of Christ. Being rooted and grounded in love. When I know God loves me through Christ I'm rooted and grounded. Nothing will shake me. Nothing will shake me because I'm rooted and grounded in the love of God through Christ. This is for you tonight. To know the love of Christ which surpasses knowledge so that you may be filled up to all the fullness of God. So we end by reading the last verse of Proverbs 12. <clears throat> the last verse, we read it tonight, and I'll just read it to you one more time as we close. As we think about spiritual rootedness. Now we change metaphors. We change back to a pathway and to a way of living. In the way of righteousness is life. And in its pathway... There is no death. The Lord Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Here it is, the righteous way. The righteous way is following Jesus all the way. Being rooted and grounded in love. Oh, the righteous root, the righteous root grounded in love, the love of God. He loves you even when you fail Him. He loves you even when you disappoint and deny Him. He loves you. He loves you. He loved you before you could love Him. He loves you. Being rooted and grounded in love and comprehending the incomprehensible. The love of God for us in Christ. To the praise of the glory of His grace, the Lord is near the door. Whatever you saw on the news today is just a commentary. The Lord is near the door. I hope it's in your head. You listen to the news. <clears throat> Remember what I keep saying to you every single week. I stand here every time I speak. The Lord is near to the door. Near. The Lord said, when you see these things... You will know that He, Messiah, is near the door. And that's the Lord Jesus. And we pray, come Lord Jesus. Thank you for being here tonight. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the promise that the root of righteousness will not be moved. And we thank you for the promise that the root of righteousness yields fruit. We cannot yield 
fruit in our own. We abide in Christ. And Lord, as we think about rootedness, help us tonight to see how you're cultivating us. You are still the one who goes down. You dig around inside of us to make room for the nutrients, for us to repent and practice repentance in our life and to grow by meditating and reading and praying and hearing the Word of God taught and preached and worshiping and sharing the gospel and doing good deeds and leading other people to Christ. These are the fruits of righteousness. So may we see it as we see ourselves tonight. And may we consider the condition of the soil of our life and our hearts. Perhaps tonight, Lord, you must till it up some more. And the grace of God seen in the story of the gardener who said, give me another year. Give me another year and let me dig around this tree that's unfruitful and fertilize it. And perhaps it will bear fruit next year. Make us fruitful people. May we flourish spiritually as we do your work in this place. And may the roots of our people go down deep and being rooted and grounded in love, in the love of God through Christ is our greatest privilege. Thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Good to see you. Brother, Brother McCoy will be with us. Tennessee Baptist Children's Home is Sunday as we have a foster care awareness. Please be here to hear him. He is a great man of God, good preacher, and uh, you'll be blessed by being here to hear him. So look forward to you being with us Sunday. God bless you and have a great rest of the week. Say hello to somebody if you don't know them tonight. Enjoy the weather.